listening to the Joe, Mays, and J-Rock Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Pretty. Lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Let the celebration begin. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rappa. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Joe Mays and J Rap Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and, well, your only host this evening, as J-Raf unable to join me again, so you're stuck with me, so if you enjoyed last week's show, you will be happy about this week's show, because it's just me, and I get to conclude our 2018 NFL preview by talking about the AFC East, the final division, in our look at the upcoming professional football season. So we'll be talking about... The Patriots, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. Again, we've been going in alphabetical order based on uh, the city, region, state, however you want to say the classification of the team. Not by mascot, but by the the city, state, or region. So we're going to start with the Bills this evening. But I also want to let you know that I will be doing a full playoff preview as well as or I shouldn't say preview predictions as well as Super Bowl 53 expectations based on what I think is going to happen in the 2018 NFL season with our division winners a few wild cards thrown in here and there and then uh, how it's going to play out all the way to uh, Atlanta I believe I think Super Bowl LIII Super Bowl 53 will be in Atlanta and it's the first time that uh, the city is hosting the Super Bowl since 2000. So it's been a while, but of course they have that new stadium that opened uh, just a few years ago, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So good times down in Atlanta. And who knows, maybe I'll be picking the Falcons as the first home team to ever play in the Super Bowl. A lot of people thought it was going to happen last year with the Vikings, but they came up just a tad short of that possibility and uh falcons justin and i are pretty high on the falcons this year we have not discussed together 
what we think is going to happen in the playoffs and Super Bowl. I know he sent me his predictions, but I haven't actually gotten to look at them yet. And honestly, my playoff and Super Bowl stuff tonight is going to be off the top of my head. I haven't prepared for that going in. I think it's a little bit better sometimes when I don't overthink it. So we're going to just kind of shoot from the hip this evening and predict the AFC East, the Super Bowls through, or excuse me, the playoffs through Super Bowl 53. So thanks for joining me, everyone. If you want to get in touch touch with us, if you're watching us live, so many ways you can watch us live now. We still broadcast on Facebook. We're back also on Ustream. We also do it on YouTube and also Twitter's Periscope. So four different ways you can watch us and uh, interact with us. You can leave messages, I think, on most of those platforms, and I will be able to see it if everything's working properly, but we know that that doesn't always happen. So uh, there are some good ways to contact us. Specifically, email is always a great way. You can use the Maze Sandwich Shop email inbox, which is jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at jomazeandjraf show. Normally, I'll have the hotline up, but I don't have the necessary components to wire it into my mixer tonight. So we're going to not be able to take live calls, which doesn't happen that often anyways. But if you do want to contact me with your thoughts, your predictions, or something else going on, if you really want to say something about the Phillies who are in a bit of a slump here after the All-Star break, send that to my personal cell phone if you have it. You can text me or send us an email again, jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. So first up is the AFC East in 2018. Going back a while, the Patriots have dominated this division. I think they've won it, what is it, like 15 of the last 17 times or 16 of the last 18, is it, with only the Dolphins in 08 and the Jets in 02 winning it. That's it. The, the Patriots have now won it nine years in a row from 2009 through 2017 uh, and in that time period of 01 through 2017 they've won five Super Bowls on top of their what 15 division titles I think 15 and 17 years and five Super Bowls so yeah obviously and everyone knows it if you're a football fan you all know that the Patriots have dominated not just the AFC East but the AFC uh, in particular as they've been to the AFC Championship game at a minimum every year since 2011 and uh, have been to the Super Bowl uh, four out of those seven seasons. So we will see what all the teams have in store for us. I know, I think I have uh, friends and acquaintances that are fans of all these teams that I'm talking about tonight. And while I am you know, a Miami Dolphins fan, I think I'm pretty level-headed when it comes to them and their rivals, because obviously I have family in New England, and we like to get, you know, we, we like to uh, playfully attack each other over the uh, rivalry. But I think I've been pretty fair about the Patriots over the years, as well as the Jets and the Bills. But for my team and those two, there hasn't been a lot to talk about. And unfortunately, I don't think much of that's going to change this year. But we're starting alphabetically by city state region. So we are going to start with the Bills right now. And they are actually the only team that hasn't been able to dethrone the Patriots once in this run that New England has been going on. The Bills haven't won the AFC East since 1995, and that's well before the AFC East had realignment. So more recently, the Indianapolis Colts have won the AFC East 
than the Buffalo Bills have. Of course, we know that uh, in two, prior to the 2002 season, things changed and we're left with the way the, the divisions are aligned today. So the Colts obviously no longer in the AFC East. Uh, yeah, the Bills won the division back in 1995, going 10-6. and So what do we think about the Bills this year? Well, would help if I would have pulled up the proper Bills information first off. Uh, so last year, Buffalo went 9-7, and seven, finished second in the East. They were able to make the playoffs, uh, which is something they hadn't done um, in, I think it was 22 years. So it had been a long time since Buffalo was in the playoffs. It had been the late 90s, last time the Bills had seen that uh, that second season. And uh, the, they were the last team to make that realignment I just talked about in 2002. Every team uh, had made the playoffs since realignment in 2002, except for the Bills, and they were able to get over that hump last year. Um, they had that ugly game against the Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs, um, losing to Jacksonville. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I'm sorry, it was an 18-year playoff drought, and that it is a 22-year and counting playoff win drought. So a little, little messed up on my years there. 18-year playoff drought. 22 years and counting now since their last playoff victory. And, uh, you know, they, they got better last year from 7-9 and nine to 9-7, nine and seven, making the playoffs a huge, huge thing. Um, congratulations, Jess. We have uh, a, a, a Bills fan in the chat right now commenting about Buffalo. Uh, yeah, hey, made the playoffs. That's more than I can say for my Dolphins and so many other teams in the NFL. So congratulations to Buffalo on that. This year, though, and I think let, let's pull up JRAS predictions here on the the AFC East because I know I think we're in alignment here. Our expectations were close, uh, and he says he thinks Buffalo is a seven and nine team. So he has them taking a two game step back, matching what they did in 2016. And his, his simple question is, how are they better? How are they better than the team that went nine and seven last year? And I, I mean, I kind of agree with him. I don't think that they are any better. They jettisoned a bunch of players. Now, maybe Bills fans are going to say, well, those players weren't that great. And what we're bringing in is better. That's certainly one way to look at it. I, I tend to agree with Justin on this matter. I just don't know that Buffalo is any better than they were last year. Uh, the, there's been that ongoing saga with Tyrod Taylor, and then they jettisoned him this offseason. And the issues going on, um, with LaShawn McCoy, that hanging over their head, that could prove to be a distraction. We saw what happened last year with Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Immense, immense talent, missed time because of suspension, and just never could get things going, um, failing to make the playoffs the Cowboys last year. It'll be interesting to see what happens with McCoy. You know, and I'm a huge proponent of you know innocent until proven guilty. Let the facts work themselves out. I've never been a huge fan of McCoy. But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna attack him for something I can't guarantee he had anything to do with. Uh, so that's interesting, uh, interesting thing to see develop there. What's going to happen with Lashawn McCoy and the Bills' offense uh, this season? And uh, you know, they play in a weak division, possibly the weakest division in the NFL. Uh, obviously, the Patriots are an incredible, incredible team. But when you get to play the Jets multiple times a year, the Dolphins multiple times a year, you know, the positive thinker could say, hey, right there could be four wins. 
That's certainly one way to look at it. Uh, they have a tough opening slate, mostly because they're on the road so much. Uh, they have, it's, is it six? No, it's five road games in their first seven. They play at Baltimore to start the season, then host the Chargers, then get to go to Minnesota and Green Bay in back-to-back weeks, host the Titans, go to the Texans, go to the Colts, uh, and then the next game is against the Patriots. So those opponents, not necessarily all incredibly tough, but having to go on the road that often, that early in the season, is a little bit of a problem, I would think. Um, you could tell me they could, it's a push with the Ravens, I'd agree with you. You could even argue that it'd be a push with the Chargers. I definitely think the Vikings and Packers are better than them. Uh, I'd be willing to say possible, possible push with the Titans. I know Tennessee also a playoff team last year, uh, but I also am a little bit down on them. At Houston... You could argue push there as well, and I think they're probably better than the Colts. So they have the possibility of starting pretty strong, and then they get to host the Patriots. Though so Buffalo, like Miami, plays plays the Patriots tough. So you know nothing is a given, but you got to think that New England pro- is definitely going to be the favorite team for sure. Uh, they got the Bears at home. Then go to the Jets before their bye. So a lot of winnable games. I wouldn't say any absolute gimmies but definitely potential for some wins. I think in a perfect world, you could see them going... In, in a great wor- world, I'd say 7-3. and three. If, if Buffalo could get to 7-3 and three at the bye, um, you're sitting pretty good. That probably would mean losses to the Vikings, Packers, and Patriots with wins over some teams that are probably of equal talent level, um, if not a little bit better, because I think I favor Houston a little bit more than Buffalo. But again, that's one's a little uh, that one goes back and forth for me for sure. So I think in a perfect world for the Bills, seven and three at the bye would be amazing. If things fall the wrong way, though, I could see them going three and seven, kind of the opposite there. And then they get to close with Jacksonville at Miami, host the Jets, host the Lions at New England, host Miami. So they got the Dolphins twice in December, the second and thirtieth. They get Miami, and if the Bills want any shot at making the playoffs. They got to make their way through that early schedule, that early road schedule, and then win a lot of AFC games in the second half of the schedule uh, and some winnable ones against the Dolphins, Jets, Lions, and two weeks later, the Dolphins again. So high watermark for Buffalo. Honestly, if things fell correctly, I think with the schedule, honestly, in, in where they win all the games that they, I don't want to say should, but could, I, they could go 11 and 5. Like, I don't think that's out of, you know, it's a very small percentage because everything would have to fall correctly in games that they ha- probably have an equal level of talent. But that usually doesn't happen. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough for the Bills uh, from the onset, but the schedule is favorable. So they went 9 and 7 last year. I think they lost a little bit of talent, but I'm not sure the opponents they have are any better than them. Outside of Vikings, Packers, Patriots, and probably the Jaguars, you know they had to play the Patriots twice. So um, I think I'm going to stick with Buffalo. Oh boy, it all comes down to quarterback, and we know that they're transitioning. Now they picked up AJ McCarron. They they could possibly go with Nathan Peter Peterman, although that didn't go great last year. They drafted Josh Allen, um, but if uh, like. Our comment here, Josh Pennell says, if the quarterback's willing to throw the ball downfield, 
Um, there'll be more intersections, but he'll be throw for more than 100 yards per game like Terry Rod. So, yeah, there's, there's positive and negatives to Tyrod Taylor's game. It just is what they have on the roster right now, an overwhelming upgrade. And overwhelming, not so much. Um, but they went 9-7 and seven with Tyrod last year, and, and there's inconsistencies on offense. Uh, I do agree. I think the defense is pretty strong. I think they're pretty good. I just don't think they're dominant enough to probably to make the playoffs. So I'm going to say that they're going to sit at, oh boy, that's tough because of what I wanted to do with some of these other teams. You know, Justin said that they would go seven and nine. That's two games worse, um, and and he has them third in the division. I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight and eight with the spot in the division up for debate because it's going to come down, I think, to a tiebreaker, um, to a tiebreaker. So I think I'll go Buffalo eight and eight. I would really love to see what Josh Allen can do because he's an interesting, interesting selection for them. And hopefully, you know, as a if you're part of Bill's Mafia, hopefully he's the quarterback of the future, someone that they've been searching for for a while. But I just don't know that they have enough week in, week out to get the job done. Uh, some highlights on defense, some guys that I really like, including Micah Hyde uh, at safety. Uh, but. I just, I just don't know that they have enough to improve on last year. Um, so we'll see what happens in Buffalo, but I'll say eight and eight and kind of a coin flip tie there for second, third, um, probably, you know, and go ahead. You can call me a homer on this one. I'm going to say with the dolphins here, uh, in the AFC East, I think Miami and Buffalo are going to be right there battling for the second spot behind New England. I don't think that should be a surprise to anyone. Um, you know, Miami went six and 10 last year, three games worse than the Bills. I just, I am, I'm not a huge Tannehill guy, but I'm a much bigger Tannehill supporter than a large contingent of the Dolphins fan base. So I give Tannehill the benefit of the doubt for this season. What he was able to do in 2016 before he got injured was very, very good. If you look at some of the advanced statistics, his 2016 season, he was a top 10 quarterback. A lot of people don't think of him that way. And I'm not saying he is all the time, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I know most people outside of Miami or, or Dolphins fans are writing the Miami season off, picking them to be the worst team in the AFC East and possibly the worst team in the NFL. I just don't see that. I know... Most of the uh, the media are talking about the departure of big names like Jarvis Landry and Dominican Sue, uh, Mike Pouncey, but they were just. I, it's tough to say that about Jarvis Landry, but Sue was inconsistent and not always someone that you wanted around in the locker room. Landry was the team's best receiver, but had some issues uh, in the locker room as well. And Mike Pouncey has not been the guy that people have propped him up to be over the last three or so seasons. He's always had issues being healthy, and he sometimes was a bit of an issue in the locker room. So I think those three guys at times can be looked at as addition by subtraction, but it is tough to replace their raw athletic ability. So we'll see what they're able to do without them. Uh, the biggest thing for Miami is getting uh, Tannehill back, but they also are... 
getting Raquan McMillan back on defense, who he was their second-round pick out of Ohio State in the 2017 draft, but he missed almost the entire season due to injury tearing his ACL, I believe, uh, in one of the early preseason games. Might have been the first defensive play of the preseason, actually. Um, you know, Miami struggled last year. They started off the season pretty well um, going forward, too, but then, you know, they just uh, they had a bit of a, a rough stretch where they lost five in a row, rebounded the win two, and then lost three more. And I'm, I've never been a huge Cutler fan, so it's not exactly, uh, wasn't exactly a shock to me to see that they struggled at times with him. But I, I definitely like Tannehill better than Cutler, so I think that's an upgrade there. I like the additions of Amendola and Albert Wilson. I think those are great guys to bring in on semi-short-term contracts. Josh Sitton, while you know on the wrong side of 30, is a strong interior offensive lineman that I think is an upgrade for the Dolphins. And I love, love their first two picks. It's been a while since I can say that about the Dolphins draft, uh, but I think those first two picks, honestly, maybe even four of their first five, as I don't know a lot about Durham Smythe, the tight end they took in the fourth round, but Minka Fitzpatrick, the free safety from Alabama, loved him. Always wanted him to come to Penn State when he was uh, looking for a college. And then they get the Penn State in round two with Mike Desicki, the receiving tight end, Jerome Baker, outside linebacker, Ohio State, and Kalen Ballage, the running back from Arizona State. I love those picks. I, I thought they were really good, and hopefully Durham Smythe can do something as a nice compliment to Jasicki down the road, that this t- turns out to be quite the draft class for Miami. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what can happen. But Tannehill is a huge bring back. I think the rotation with the addition of Frank Gore to Kenyon Drake and Kalen Ballage, the rookie, will be okay. I think they'll be fine. When Damian Williams went down injured last year, Kenyon Drake stepped up and looked really good in the opportunities he got. Uh, Adam Gase likes to rotate his running backs and I, while I think Drake will probably be the go-to guy, I'm not sure he'll get more than 40-45% of the carries because I think Gore will get 25-30, to 30, and then I think Ballard will have a rotation as well. So fantasy-wise, I don't know if you want to rely on Kenyon Drake. I think he'd be a good RB2 if you use three for certain a three, uh, maybe a flex, but I don't think he's going to get you RB1 numbers. Receiver-wise, I know people really love Jarvis Landry, but... I'm more than comfortable seeing Danny Amendola, uh, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and ho- hopefully in some su- situations, Jakeem Grant, because I think he's an underrated uh, guy there that'll get um, his time on special teams, but I'd love to see what he can do on offense as well. And then Jasicki um, paired with uh, you know a variety of people at tight end, but Jasicki is the guy that's supposed to revolutionize the red zone for the Dolphins. I like him there. And I really do. I don't think the offensive line is that bad. I love the addition of Sitton, like I said. Tunsil, hopefully he'll step up here now in, what, his third year, I think. Uh, Jawan James, I've always been a big fan of Ted Larson. I like his addition. And Daniel Kilgore, the new center that they brought in via trade. I think that was an underrated move as well. So, yeah, they lost Mike Pouncey, but I think Sitton and Kilgore are big gets for the Dolphins. Uh, defensively speaking, you know, they brought in via trade Robert Quinn. I think that's a nice addition to go with Cameron Wake, uh, Andre Branch, and then their second-year player, Charles Harris, who will be asked to step up a little bit more this year, hopefully providing a strong pass rush. The the biggest 
issue is on on defense at least is at linebacker where Kiko Alonso has never been able to live up to the hype that he had his first few years in Buffalo. Uh, they drafted Baker, like I mentioned. I love Mike Hall. Hopefully he can see some time being the former Penn State linebacker. But if McMillan is what we expected him to be before his injury last year, the linebacker position could end up being fortified. And I look forward to seeing that. I only am not down in the defensive backfield mostly because of Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think he's going to be a great get to pair with Rashad Jones. Fitzpatrick can roam all over the field. Jones can play in the box and kind of be the bruiser that he is. And hopefully someone will step up at cornerback um, with Xavier Howard, uh, Bobby McCain, uh, Cordray Tankersley, and Tony Lippett. Hopefully two of those four guys really step up. Um, and that also, not to mention TJ McDonald, the safety they got from the Rams, uh, last year, who missed the first half of the season due to suspension, a rotation of McDonald, Jones, and Fitzpatrick at safety, or even using Fitzpatrick in the slot or whatever, um, I think they could surprise some people. 6-10 and ten, getting Tannehill back, despite losing those big names, I think Miami's much better than the people are giving them credit for. And that's why I said, I think I'm going to pair them with Buffalo at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, So if they're both tied at 8-8, eight and eight, I'll throw the homework card in there, and I'll say Miami will beat Buffalo on tiebreaker now whether that's a head-to-head tiebreaker the division tiebreaker the conference tiebreaker whatever it is i think miami and buffalo go eight and eight and finish two three so who's next well alphabetically we're going to go to new england and talk about the patriots uh who have this an incredible successful run that makes me want to throw up but you know you got to recognize the talent that is there in new england both in ownership management front office coaching staff and what they put out on the field in the players. And it's really second to none. Um, you know, I don't exactly, I would love for that to end. <laughs> you know, I'd like to see some of that uh, be distributed across the NFL. You know, I'm not greedy. I don't need to have five Super Bowls in 17 years, but I absolutely would love to see one come Miami's way. You know, we just got to see the Eagles win one. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen to um, my Dolphins sometime. Um, but, you know, New England, do, can you doubt them? I just, I don't see how you can, how you can doubt uh, the New England Patriots. Are, are they any worse? Are there any worse? Um, actually, before I go on, I should probably mention what Miami, what, excuse me, what Justin had for Miami. Oh, he said 8-8 eight eight too. He said he thinks that they're in the right direction. Do they have the quarterback? I, I think they do, but much like I said about the Ravens and Flacco, I'll say the same thing about the Dolphins. If Tannehill and the Dolphins struggle this year, uh, it, it's probably time for another change uh, at the position that has been so in flux for the better part of two decades. So, but back to the Patriots. Why don't we just see what new, what uh, Justin had to say about them? He said 13 and three best team in a mediocre division. And it's hard to argue against that because the Dolphins have been quite mediocre um, during this run. Same thing for the Jets and the Bills. And I don't really expect much to be different uh, in 2018. So, um, you know, we all know about the Patriots, losers to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, which I know Justin loves hearing and any other Eagle fans out there love hearing as well. Um, but, you know, they did go 13-3. They won the division again. Again, it's what, 15th in 17 years, nine in a row, been to the AFC Championship game for the better part of the last decade. And what have they really lost? And what has anyone else in the division done to make this not be the Patriots division? I, I just don't know 
I, I don't know how it can be anyone but New England. They would have to have a huge drop off for this not to be the Patriots division to lose. Now we you know we know they lost Amendola. He went to the Dolphins. Um, they got rid of Butler or they let Butler walk, but you know he had that issue in the Super Bowl. Whoever, whatever knows what's going up on with that, we may never know. Um, he went to Tennessee. Um, Deion Lewis also joined him in Tennessee, and they lost Nate Solder, the offensive tackle, to the Giants. Um, uh, other than that, um, not a, n- nothing huge for them, but of course they made up for it in some great free agent signings in Adrian Claiborne, Jeremy Hill, the running back from the Bengals. Uh, Jordan Matthews, former Eagles and Bills receiver, going over to the Patriots. Uh, and then their draft class. Hmm. They got two first-round picks, a little bit of a change of pace for them. Um, they kind of attempted to replace Nate Solder with Isaiah Wynn, the tackle from Georgia. And then they got a big pick in Sony Michael, the running back from Georgia, uh, two Georgia guys within uh, nine picks of each other by the Patriots. Uh, huge, huge gets for them. And they also picked the developmental quarterback, Danny Etling, the quarterback from LSU, uh, late in the draft. So, again, like, sure, they lost a few pieces, but does anyone think that this team isn't winning the division? Does anyone think this team isn't winning the division by three or more games? I mean, I just picked Buffalo and Miami to go 8-8. Eight and eight. New England went 13 and 3 last year and what have they lost? What are they going to really miss? You know, are they really going to miss Amendola? Are they going to really miss Deion Lewis? I just, you know, they've had such success with running back by committee. I just don't see how this is going to be any different. So they have Brady, you know that Hoyer's the backup, Bolden, Burkhead, Gillisley, Hill, Michael, James White. That's the running back stable they have. So I wouldn't pin my fantasy hopes on them. But they're obviously going to find someone that's ready to play week in, week out. Receiver. They got a bunch of cast-offs. Edelman's suspended for a little bit. You know, Chris Hogan. Uh, is Jordan Matthews the next Chris Hogan? He's a, Is he the guy that comes over from Buffalo and becomes a huge star in New England? I mean, Matthews had his, his moments with Philly. But whenever you go to New England, your career seems to get resurrected. Um, we could see that from Kenny Britt or Philip Dorsett this year. And, uh, yeah, oh, oh, that's right. They were the landing spot of Cordero Patterson. Who has you know hasn't blossomed as a receiver, but as a special teams guy and a sub package guy, watch out. And they still have Gronkowski and Dwayne Allen. The offensive line again losing Solder hurts, but early draft pick, and they've had success with a variety of guys along that offensive line. That when they have an Achilles heel that can be exploited, it's been the offensive line. If you can put pressure on Brady, you have a chance to beat them, but. I don't know that it's going to happen enough this season to really be worried about the offensive line and the defense. Again, you can rotate people in former high draft picks, you know, big name free agents. It doesn't matter. They just seem to ex- execute. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're one of the best in the business. Will we see the departure of Matt Patricia affect the unit? Tough to say, but we've seen Patriots coaches come and go and they haven't really missed that much time. It's been nearly two decades and no one's been able to slow down this Patriot regime. And I just don't think anything's going to do it this year. Uh, So it's another long year for the AFC East as New England looks to dominate once again. Uh, What did Justin say was a 13-3? Yeah, 13-3 last year. Justin says 13-3 this year. I say 13-3 this year because why not? Well, who's going to beat them? 
They are probably at least four to five games better than Buffalo and Miami and, and the Jets that, um, you know, I didn't even look at their schedule because does it really matter? Probably not. Uh, and they finished the season with back-to-back home games with the Bills and Jets. Now, two weeks before that, they do have to go to Miami, which people laugh, but they've always played Buffalo, or excuse me, New England well in Miami. So the Dolphins, that could be a tough game for them December 9th. Then they have to go to Pittsburgh December 16th. While New England has had the upper hand against the Steelers, going to Pittsburgh and playing a talented team in Pittsburgh is not an easy thing to do before they finish the season with Buffalo and New York at home. Uh, tough games for New England. They got to go to Jack Jacksonville week two. Um, that could be an interesting one. Uh, they host the Chiefs week six. They host the Packers week nine. They host the Vikings. You're sensing a theme here. Other than the Jaguars game and the Steelers game, all their tough games have been at home. Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, all at Gillette. So, yeah, I mean, they'll win. So that's the thing. There's some games where like, oh, that's a push because those teams are really good. Like the ones I just mentioned, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Green Bay, the Vikings, the Steelers. Those probably could be pushes. And New England may very well be favored in all those. But do you really think New England's going to lose more of them than they are going to win? And no way. So New England's going 13-3, and winning the division once again. All right. Last team in the AFC East, the New York Jets. 5-11 and last year, fourth place in the division. I see a lot more of the same this year. Uh, maybe a little bit better. Um, you know, Justin Justin said 6-10. and 10. That's probably where I'm going to go, 6-10 and 10 as well. Uh, Justin says he thinks they have the quarterback now, but it takes more than this year to get there, and I agree with him. Although Sam Darnold, I believe, has is still holding out and not at Jets Jets camp. Uh, I th- I think that that could have changed. Uh, but Darnold was one of two players, the Bears linebacker Roquan Smith being the other that has not reported to camp. Um, last I knew. So who's it going to be a quarterback if Darnold's not ready? Well, it's going to come down to Teddy Bridgewater, the Vikings cast-off, who had a great year in um, 2015, but had the knee injury prior to the 16th season and missed the last two seasons. Uh, could be him, but I'd say Josh McCown is probably the better bet. Running back, they brought in Isaiah Kroll. They have Elijah McGuire, Bilo Powell, and Thomas Rawls. So, again, it could be another committee approach there who has the hot hand on any given week. Receiver-wise... Yeah, receivers, not a great group. Um, a bunch of twos and threes. You got Pryor there now. Terrell Pryor is there. He had a great year in Cleveland two years ago. Sputtered in Washington last year. Andre Roberts, again, a cast off who had been in Arizona for a while. A, good, good, a bunch of good number threes. Maybe a two in Jermaine Curse. Um, you know, Quincy and Nunwan, Robbie Anderson have made names for themselves there, but that's because the Jets didn't have anything else. Uh, but yeah, a collection of uh, second, third, and fourth string guys there that have to step up and take care of uh, all the work. Tight ends, you know, unless you're still a fan of Clive Walford, not interested in a lot there at tight end. Offensive line hasn't quite come together. I was high on Ben Angelana coming out of Villanova. He hasn't been able to put it together. Um, James Carpenter is a former first-round pick of the Seahawks. Same thing with him. Um, defensively, a lot of the big names have been jettisoned over the last few years, but they do still have Leonard Williams, who's one of the best in the league. And uh, linebacker, 
Darren Lee, a pretty good ball player out of Ohio State over the last few years, but not too much else there that gets me really excited. Uh, Jamal Adams is a is a, a huge get in his second year here with the Jets. Uh, he should develop into something nice. And uh, you have Morris Claiborne, Tremaine Johnson, some former star cornerbacks, but again, nothing, nothing uh, to say that they're that more, much more improved than last year when they went five and eleven. Uh, so the Jets, again, do have the potential for an easy schedule because of having to play Buffalo and the Dolphins right there. There's four games that you could say are pushes, and if those games go the way New York wants them to, they could be the team that's 9-7, and 8-8, eight and eight, rather than 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. Um, They do have a tough opening with 3 out of 4 on the road with their only home game against the Dolphins in Week 2, although they get to go to Detroit and Cleveland in Week 1 and 3, and those are should be kind of... You know, you hate to say must win at this point, especially because it's July. But if you want to get off on the right foot, you got to be teams that have equal talent levels. And I think Detroit and Cleveland are probably right around Detroit, Miami, and Cleveland are probably right around where the Jets are at. Uh, then they got to go to Jacksonville before three straight home games against Denver, Indianapolis, and Minnesota. Road trip to Chicago and to Miami. Host the Bills on November 11th before they're by in Week 11. Then they've got the Patriots twice in six weeks on November 25th and December 30th. And in between those games are at Titans, at Bills, host the Texans, host the Packers. So again, they are 5-11 and last year. Justin, I think they're going 6-10. and The Jets in 2018, fourth place once more. So the only real changes in the AFC East that we see are the Dolphins and Bills flip-flopping, but they're both right on each other's hills, heels with the Patriots way out in front of everyone else and the Jets slightly lagging behind. So, all right, we're going to run through playoffs and Super Bowl stuff right now. I'm just going to read Justin's as he sent them to me to make it easy on myself, and then I'll come back and do my take. So in the AFC, Justin says New England will be the number one seed, Pittsburgh the number two seed, Jacksonville the three seed, and Denver the four seed. So your, And his two wild cards are Tennessee and Kansas City. So the way that shapes up is the first round would be Kansas City at Jacksonville and Tennessee at Denver. Uh, he didn't he didn't break down the playoffs any farther than that, except to say that he believes it will be the one and two seeds in the AFC Championship game, and he has Patriots over Steelers. Patriots once again in the AFC Championship game, and once again in the Super Bowl. So Patriots over Steelers in the AFC from Justin in the NFC. <laughs> sorry, I got a text from my uncle rich here saying bill and Tom for another two years. That's not what I want to hear. My dad has a couple of comments too. Um, he says anybody, but them, I'm tired of seeing them obviously talking about the Patriots. Uh, he says that Pittsburgh game could be for home field advantage in the playoffs. I agree, agree with him there. And he says that that is a huge, huge game. So yeah, big game, Pittsburgh against New England uh, upcoming in this NFL season. Uh, Back to Justin's pick in the NFC playoffs. He has Minnesota as the one seed, Philly as the two seed, Carolina at three, and the Rams at four with his wild cards being Dallas and Atlanta. So that sets up a first round of Atlanta at Carolina and Dallas at the Rams. The NFC championship game he has 
the Eagles over the Rams, a two versus four matchup. That game would be in Philadelphia, and he has Philadelphia beating the Rams and going back to the Super Bowl, a rematch. Wait. Okay, he 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 messed something up here because he has Philly over Pittsburgh. Oh, he says changing my AFC pick to Pittsburgh. So forget about what I said in the AFC for Justin. He changes it to Pittsburgh over New England in the AFC Championship game. So New England would keep their streak of AFC Championship game appearances alive. But he is picking the Steelers, the two seed, to win the AFC, and he's picking Philly, the two seed of the NFC, to win the or the conference. And then in the Super Bowl, and finally, an all Pennsylvania Super Bowl, which people have been interested in for the last 15 years or so with both teams being so strong year in and year out he has of course the eagles winning the super bowl once again back-to-back champs eagles over steelers and he says double it up baby and right away as if on cue my dad chimes in and says what a homer so hey you know you got you got to do what you got to do so on my end and now i gotta remember who i have and <laughs> who i have winning what and going where so let's start uh, let's start in the nfc um i think in the nfc i will go let's see my, my division winners were uh afc west was the rams or excuse me nfc west was the rams nfc south was carolina nfc north was green bay and afc or nfc east was dallas so one of those four teams are going to be at the top so dallas carolina Rams and Packers. <sighs> Boy. I think you know, I think I'll I'll give the nod to the Rams here as the one seed. I don't I mean I'm not completely sold on that, but I think uh that you know th- that they uh that they could make some noise this year. I'll give the LA Rams the one. I'm gonna give Green Bay the two, Carolina the three, and Dallas the four. And my two wild card teams are the Vikings and the Eagles in that order, which would set up a Philly at Carolina first round and Minnesota at Dallas first round. So I'm going to go with Minnesota and Carolina there. So that would be um, the Rams would play the Vikings and Carolina would play Green Bay. I'm going to say Green Bay and the Rams win. So my NFC championship is Green Bay at the Rams. And, you know, I'm just going to go with the Rams all the way through. Why not? You know, uh, I think those that be an interesting playoff matchups all the way through. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the Rams to win the NFC. Um, that's a bit of a surprise even to myself. So, you know, if you disagree, I trust me, I don't I don't uh, hold it against you at all. In the AFC, um, I have New England, the one seed. Pittsburgh, the two seed. I think actually I might mirror Justin here. New England, one. Pittsburgh, two. Jacksonville, three. My four seed, though, is going to be Kansas City because I am, have them winning the division. Um, then my wild cards in the AFC. Oh boy, AFC wild cards are tough for me. I don't think it's going to be anyone in the East because I don't think an eight and eight team is going to be good enough to make it. Uh, I don't think anyone in the North is going to make it. So it's got to be someone from the West 
or the South, which, wow, that doesn't jump out at me as being interesting either. That, oh, man, this could be tough. Uh, I guess I'll go with. You know what? Get, maybe I'll just I don't remember what I picked their record wise, and maybe I didn't even pick them second. But I think I'm gonna throw the Texans in there as a six, um, which means out west I'm gonna grab someone from there and say, boy, Broncos already in. No, excuse me, the Chiefs already in. So I got Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. You know what? Throw the other LA team in there. Why not? Chargers. Throw the Chargers in there as the five. Five, five, six are Chargers, Texans. So that sets up a um, Jacksonville Texans game and a Chargers Chiefs game. Um, I'll go, actually, I think I'll go with both the wild cards there. I'm going to go with a little upset and say that it's going to be the Chargers and the Texans winning those games, which means it would be the Texans at the Patriots and the Chargers at the Steelers. There I'm going to have to go chalk, though, and say Steelers-Patriots in the AFC Championship game, and I'm going to pick the Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Rams. So a little bit of an interesting uh, matchup there. While they're not in St. Louis anymore, uh, will be Rams-Patriots, You know, a game we saw... Um, in 2001, or after the 2001 season, in uh, or winter 2002 for that Super Bowl, and that was uh, kind of the beginning of the uh, Patriots dynasty. And maybe, maybe we can signal the end of that by the Rams beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. There you go. So in the end, I see Rams over Patriots. Well, wow, that was two and a half months of build up right there, and I hope it was uh, entertaining for you to hear me say. The Rams of the Patriots in Super Bowl 53 being held in Atlanta on February 3rd of 2019. A um, couple more things from my dad. He thinks the NFC is a lot harder to pick than the AFC is. And he agrees with me. And Justin, it's either going to be Pittsburgh or New England in the AFC. So, whew, that was fun. Thanks everyone for watching. Um, so this is kind of uh, me signing off on this show for a while because... Justin and I are doing so much for the high school podcast, the one covering the Wilson Westlawn Bulldogs, uh, that we won't be back on this show to talk pro football for a month and a half. We're going to be back, and the NFL season will have already started. We won't be back here until uh, week two, uh, which is September 16th. We're going to be focused on the Wilson Bulldogs. We're going to have, I think, three or four shows coming out before their first game, which is Friday, August 24th at Central Dolphin. And then we're going to have basically a show a week for the Wilson football team just taking a break once a month to cover the NFL because we do love talking about pro football and we don't want to throw that to to the side. If there was a way we could do both shows, we would love to be able to do that, but time constraints don't allow it. But we will be back talking pro football on September 16th, we'll talk about the first two weeks of the NFL season and, you know, see who's see who's hot and who's not. And hopefully we're talking about, for his sake, the Giants not being good, but Sa- Saquon Barkley being a beast. So we'll see what happens uh, in the NFL when we're back here in six weeks. Uh, you know, get more from us. Visit jmnjrradio.com. 
You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Joe Mays and JRAF. Um, you know, happy belated birthday to JRAF celebrating just this past week. Uh, happy belated also to our uh, good buddy's youngest daughter, Alexa, celebrating the same day as Justin. And uh, also uh, our friend Laura celebrating a birthday this past week. And I do believe that one Mr. Corey Greth is celebrating a birthday next weekend. So happy early birthday to my man, Corey. I'll see you tomorrow night, bud. Uh, but for everyone else uh, watching the show, you can get more from us uh, on the website. Check out JoeMaysAndJRAF.com or again, like I said, JMNJRRadio.com or see what we're doing for the Wilson football team at BulldogHour.com. But for Justin, I'm Joe Mays. This wraps up episode 264 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Go Dolphins. Please someone beat the Patriots. Uh, But like you just heard, I don't think that's going to happen, at least until the Super Bowl. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you again in about six weeks. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit jmnjrradio.com.